You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, please do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. That number again is 608-501-0718. And if you're a new caller, you get to go directly to the front of the line. And we do actually have a new caller. What's going on, new caller? Hey, Ryan. This is Brendan from Texas. Hey. I had a thought about a maybe a cool podcast episode or something I was thinking about and too lazy to look it up. Fair enough. Top 30 visits that the Packers have had over the last, let's say, five years or maybe 2018, Goody's first draft. Okay. How many did we actually draft of those top 30 visits? I've seen on Bleach Report or whatever who they're bringing in, kind of get excited about some names, maybe not get excited about others. How many per year do we actually end up being able to draft? Thanks, Ryan. Been a fan for a while. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, dude. And uh, please keep calling in. Um, as you probably know, this is the show that I don't put in a ton of work, but I will try to incorporate that. I want to do top 30 visits. I've been wanting to do it for a while, but things keep coming up that I want to talk about even more so. Um, but there is a list of about five, six, seven, eight guys or whatever that the Packers have met with so far that, that everybody's aware of as far as the trackers are concerned. And I'll try to remember to incorporate that, but let me give you my understanding as of right now. I know last year we ended up drafting a ton of them, like a, a really high percentage. Um, I believe the year before that, and maybe even the year before that, it was, it was zero to very few. So... Look, I, I'll, I'll take any reason to get excited about guys. And I understand there's the urge to, uh, first of all, just be correct. That's I, I can never fault somebody for trying to be correct about stuff, even if it can be annoying. Because um, that's kind of my thing, to be annoyingly um, <laughs> insistent on being correct. But um, I, I think the top 30 visits, along with pretty much everything, is they already have pretty much a board set up. The top 30 visits are to further fine-tune their board. Um, I don't know that it necessarily tells us anything because we don't know what the questions are, right? So it could be, we really want to draft this guy. However, we need to be sure. That's entirely possible. I mean, you can bring somebody in for any reason whatsoever, and that could be a reason. You know, a guy like Christian Watson, like, you know, this is kind of a high risk, and we I think he was a top 30 visit, uh, one of them. It's a high-risk thing. Like, we, we potentially are going to take this guy in the first round. We really got to know, you know, because he's a small school guy and there seems to be some issues, let's bring him in. Let's see what he can do. Let's let's watch that speed up close and let's talk with the guy and really make sure that this is something we want to do or, or you know, maybe just to, to define, is this a guy we would take in the first round? Like, if we don't... Because, remember, there were, like, five guys wide receivers they really wanted and if they would have fallen we would have drafted them but all of them were gone so now there's sort of like that next tier and obviously it became a a big deal but the question is like is 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 watson that guy like we miss out on those five is he the guy we kind of go all in for 
I don't know that that was the question, and and that's kind of the thing. We we don't really have any insights until after the fact, which makes it not fun. But it, there's no reason why we can't get excited about it. Anyways, there could be other reasons. We need to decide if this guy's even on our board. I think a lot of it has to do with disagreement. Um, you know, there's there's a general com- consensus among you know Brian Gutekunst and the rest of the staff that so and so and such and such is you know, a, a mid-second round guy, whatever, or a, a late second round guy, and the, the regional scout is pounding the table saying, I'm freaking telling you, this guy is a legit, you know, potential pick at 15. Like, he he is the real freaking deal. And they just cannot reconcile it. And so it's like, all right, let's bring him in. Um, You know, again, just big disagreements. If, if you're kind of torn between, is this guy a third round pick and a sixth round pick, you got to hammer that out. Like, we, we've got to, we've got to be on the same page with some of this stuff. Um, I think the only reason I've said sort of definitively that we should lean toward a higher percentage chance that they get drafted than not is we know they're not entirely off the board. Now, they could come off the board after the meeting, but let's just say Darnell Washington. If Darnell Washington was already off the board, they wouldn't bring him in in terms of, you know, he's got some off-the-field issues. Wouldn't have brought him in. No point. Um, but again, maybe you bring him in, you talk to him, you find out this guy, he's not going to be a fit. And then we take him off. So it's, it's not, again, it's not really telling just because we don't know what the questions are, but it is still exciting. It's exciting that we're bringing in these guys and, and we're, we're getting our hands on them and we're getting to talk to them and we're interested in them, right? We're, we're, and that's, that's what I like to think anyways, we're, we're looking because we're interested. We just want to know how interested we are. You know, um, and it's just cool. I mean, it's it's just a fun thing. Like all this is fun. I enjoy it. It's fun to think like I'm I'm sitting here watching guys and knowing Gudikunst is up late at night, like watching the same stuff. I mean, he's probably got a couple different uh, <laughs> videos that I don't have access to. I'm sure he's got a massive database of pretty much anything he wants, and can probably pull up players with all their splits and stats and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's still cool. And I think the biggest thing is, like with everything else, you just want to be a fly on the wall. Like, you know, they bring in the offensive tackle out of Tennessee, I forget his name, or or the quarterback out of Tennessee, Hendon Hooker. Like, what are we talking about? Why are we bringing him in? And obviously people overreact. Like, oh, see, they don't have any confidence in Jordan. <laughs> okay. No, they have to figure out where he fits on their board. And if you listen to tomorrow's podcast, we're going to talk about him and the fact that he was rated way too low and he's probably the third best quarterback in the draft, according to SIS. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are a freaking joke. It's not an official statement from SIS. We'll talk about it tomorrow. But again, we got to figure this out. Where does, he, where does he fall on our board? So I know I didn't directly answer your question. I'm sorry. But when we go over the top 30s, I will try to do a little bit of research on uh, the top 30s back in time, see if I can get us a number. Um, See if it's any better than, you know, 1 in 32 or whatever. Hey, Ryan. Hey. This is Trucker Bob. Hey, Trucker Bob. We're sitting here in Dallas waiting to go to Phoenix. Nice. I want to do a dedication here. I was sad to hear that Green Bay Packer All-Pro running back John Brockington has passed on to the next life. I'd only ran into John one time in my life, pun intended. I had played trombone in high school, so I was a trombone player in the University of Wisconsin Green Bay Marching Band my freshman year. 
I had had a chance to play both on Lambeau Field in Green Bay and Milwaukee County Stadium, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. On our trip to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Green Bay Packers played the San Francisco 49ers. For the halftime show, we lined up at the end line at the end of the end zone. Since I was a trombone player, I was on the front line, and I was also in the center of the front line. Trombone players are up front because of the slides on the trombone that go up and down when we play our instrument. We don't want to hit anybody in front of us. Makes sense. There were about two minutes left in the half when the Green Bay Packers got the ball. They began moving down, doing their two-minute drill, moving the ball down the field. Green Bay reached the two-yard line with about 30 seconds left, and they handed the ball off to John Brockington. He broke through the hole right up the middle. It scared the crap out of me that a 220-pound running back running full speed was coming right for me at the end line. He stopped like a yard before me and smiled, said hi. My heart was in my throat, and I was never more scared in my life. Having an all-pro running back running straight for me, and all I had on was my marching band outfit. I can probably say I actually played in an NFL game, even though even though. I only stuck my toe on the field during the game. Anyway, John, I hope you enjoy the next life, and I hope to see you someday and tell you this story. How you scared the crap out of an 18-year-old trombone player in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I really admired you as a person and as a running back for the Green Bay Packers. Hope to see you soon. Anyways, Ryan, that's my dedication to the great running back, John Brockington. Jeez, <laughs> that was that was quite a story, man. Thank you, Trucker Bob. Um, got me uh, got me a little choked up on that one. That was that was something. I um, somehow I missed that news about John Brockington. That's that's pretty terrible. I mean, it's it's life. I understand, but sad to hear. Obviously, you know, it it is kind of cool. I I kind of am, am glib about history and just kind of the fact that I don't I don't know anything about it and and all that stuff. But you know, as as cheesy as it is, I mean, listen, we're I'm sitting here talking about the Packers twice a day, every day of my life. You guys are tuned in, listening to it, and probably go over to listen to all kinds of other podcasts. And then you go on Twitter and you talk about the Packers and you know go to bed in your Packers pajamas and everything else or whatever Packers onesie. I don't know what you do at night, but it's hard to put into words like the the magnitude of what it is I'm, I'm I'm feeling. I mean the Packers are are an institution, obviously. I mean it's it's a historic franchise and we hear that and we know that. It it's just, you know, they they've been a thing for a long time, but it's more than that. You know, it's it's this thing that was built on the backs of so many guys that we don't know about, you know. I mean, before Aaron Jones, there was John Brockington, you know? I mean, and, and of course, there's different levels of, of talent, and not everybody was a superstar and everything, but through the good and through the bad, it's still been the Green Bay Packers. I don't want to live through the 80s again, but if it is, you know what? It's still the 80s or the 70s. Still the Packers, though. First-round draft pick, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in 1971, John Brockington. Packers went 4-8 and eight in 1971. And then they went ten and four and went to the playoffs, but then it was five and seven and six and eight and four and ten and five and nine and four and eight. And it was bad and it was dark and it sucked. I'm sure. I don't know. I wasn't there for much of it. I was born in eighty six. Four and twelve, right? Bad year. That was Mikowski and Fullwood and Sharp. Actually uh, not Sharp yet. It was Lofton still. 
excuse me, Wright, Davis, and Lofton. I was looking at the wrong year. Man, 1988. It's crazy because I always think like the, the turning around of the team was, you know, 92 looking at Brett Favre, you know, but you know, Mikowski and Sharp, dude. It's kind of the makings of something kind of cool there. But anyways, all through the dark periods, let's say from 1968 through, you know, 1991, there were two seasons in which we actually did something. Um, 10 wins in 1989, 10 wins in 1972. Somehow we didn't even go to the playoffs in 1989 with 10 wins. But, you know, as, as, as dark as those times were, there were still players there that kept the team going. There were still coaches and players wearing the uniform, carrying the G as much as I hate that. It, it really is a good <laughs> phrase to use in this time because they are. They're carrying it. Carrying it on through the 70s and the 80s all the way until we get to 1992 and Brett Favre. And starting in 1993, just playoffs, 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 Super Bowl, playoffs, playoffs, miss, miss, playoff, 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 miss, miss, playoff. Miss. I mean, it's been playoffs almost every single year for us. But we don't get that without Brockington or Donnie Anderson or Carol Dale or James Lofton or Lynn Dickey. Yeah, it'd be nice if it was a better time. But again, we don't get to where we are if it wasn't for these guys then. And they're just a part of this Packer family just like everybody else. And as much as we want to kick and scream about you know, how bad it was this past year and how it's going to be this and it's going to be that, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be the Packers. And whether Jordan Love ends up being Aaron Rodgers or David Whitehurst, you know what? He's still a Green Bay Packer. And he's still our quarterback. And he's going to be the guy until the next guy's the guy. And if we're bad, then we're bad. And I'm going to root for the team, and I'm going to trash the Bears, and I'm going to do what I always do. And if the team's good, I'm going to root for the team, and I'm going to trash the Bears and do what we always do. So it is cool because, you know, again, we, we can talk about how times are bad or how bad we've had it, but there's still great memories. That's a, one of the I bet best memories Trucker Bob has ever had as a Green Bay Packers fan. And it was in one of the darkest times in Packers history. It's still the Packers. What's up, Brian? Hey. It's Ryan again. I've got a trade proposal for the Jets, and okay. I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it. And i got to give Mark Tauscher, the great Packers Hall of Fame right tackle who's on the radio now, got to give him some credit because uh, he's the one who suggested that part of this trade should be the pick swap. Okay. Um, the pick swap of the Packers getting 13, Jets get 15. Yep. I think uh, that's consequential because it would probably cost a third-round pick, I'd say, if you were going to go up from 15 to 13. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I want the pick swap. I want the best Jets pick in the second round this year. I think it's like 41. And then next year I want the second-round pick of the Jets unless the Jets make it to the AFC Championship. If they make it to the AFC Championship, then I want the Jets first next year Yeah, because that would obviously be a very late first-round pick, and I'm sure if they made it to the AFC Championship, they'd be happy to, to part with their first-round pick. Now, if Aaron Rodgers only plays one year, and does not come back for 2024, then the Packers send the Jets a third-round pick, which they would get for 2025, which is at least a little something, you know, a little something for the effort. And, uh, yeah, that's the trade. So 
tell me what you think. I think it's very fair, personally. I, I really don't think it's asking too much. All right, see you, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, in, in reality, I, I think we're essentially talking about two seconds, right? Because I don't think they go to the AFC champ- Championship, so it's not going to be a first, it's going to be a second. Um, the So we get this year's second, next year's second, and then he probably doesn't play, so we're going to have to give back a third, and you're right, it's going to cost us about a, or, or it's cost them about a third to do the pick swap. It's a very late third, depending on the how you view or what trade chart you use. The uh, was this a Jimmy Johnson, which I think is the worst of the three or four, but it doesn't matter. It's it's, uh, uh, but we'll call it a late third. So yeah, I think I think those two cancel out, and you're looking at two second round picks, which I'm I'm more or less fine with. Um, and you get the consolation prize of actually getting some value in the first round, even though you're not getting their thirteen, you're still taking it and giving back fifteen. So you are moving up a little bit, which is solid. Um. But yeah, I think I think that's generally what we're talking about. Not I again, I don't I don't hate that at all. Um and we just assume that we're gonna lose that third next year, which is fine. Um if he does come back, then we don't, then whatever. Not that we need it because we're gonna waste it, but um then the uh you know, again, who knows? May maybe they can, but it's just so unlikely, especially looking at the AFC, like they're gonna beat out the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, I guess they just need to be in the AFC Championship, but um, yeah, they're gonna have to beat a couple. I, I, you know, I guess you can kind of get lucky and only beat a couple teams, right? To get in there, you don't have to beat everybody. But um, yeah, I, again, I would just assume I would just call that if you're good with two twos, then do the deal because that's probably you know call it seventy five percent. That's what it's gonna end up being. Um, at its worst. Well, no, that that is the worst, right? Two seconds would be the worst case scenario. So again, I'm personally fine with that. I'm I'm. It's it, it's weird because it's hard to answer that question as far as compensation because on one hand, you know, I think a third round pick is good value. I I I cannot wrap my head around why the Jets want to do this. I think it's a terrible idea, but whatever. If you genuinely believe in your team and you don't care about, you know, having a little bit of trouble in the future and you think you can just in one year go ahead and do it and win a Super Bowl, then I guess, man, sure. Especially if you think, like, if you've talked to him and Rogers, like, I legitimately think I might want to come back. Which, and here's the other thing, I, I think he may want to play, but think about it. Where does he want to play? He wants to play in San Francisco. Packers aren't going to send him to San Francisco. The Jets would, though. I don't know contractually how that all works out. Or if that's even really feasible with the contract, because it's still the same contract, so it may be somewhat unlikely. But who's to say he doesn't, you know, if he's feeling good and the Jets actually go on a run, maybe he does it a second year, and that's when the contract starts to lighten up a little bit. And who knows, maybe then he goes wants to go to the 49ers, or however that pans out, I don't know. He, he might end up playing for a while, which is really going to tick a lot of people off, because they're going to be like, he could have been playing here for all that time. But again, he didn't want to play here. The only reason he's playing is because he's mad, right? It's like the only reason he won MVPs because he was mad about Jordan Love. So, you know, don't draft Jordan Love. He doesn't win MVPs. He loses his job sooner and none of this happens. But anyways, personally, I'm fine with it, right? I don't see the value, so I'm fine with it. But on the other hand, I want maximum value. What's he worth? I don't know, a seventh? So would you trade him for seventh? No, dude, I want like a first and a, and a second and a player. I don't care what his value is. I care what they're willing to pay for him. That's like when you, I used to do the flipping for eBay and everything, and I freaking loved it. Nothing I bought was worth anything. That's not true. Some of the stuff I bought was pretty cool, but it wasn't really worth anything to me. Some of the, some of the stuff I bought was 
unbelievable how much I sold it for. These little um, old metal igloo coolers, real old school ones. I, I, there was a guy at a barn was selling, um, selling like 20 of them out in Wisconsin. He had them in, hold, use them to hold grain or something. I don't know. But he wanted like five bucks a piece. So I mean, it was a hefty chunk of change, but I went out and I bought them. I sold them for about $70 a piece. And most of them went to Japan. It was like some cool retro American farmware thing. They put them in their yards or whatever. I don't know. It's a, it's a trendy thing that they were doing out in Japan. So I'm shipping these big giant igloo things to Japan for 70, 80 bucks a piece. I bought them for five. It's not worth anything to me. If they were stuck in my garage and somebody offered me five bucks, I'd be like, all right, fine, get it, get it out of here. If somebody offered me ten, I'd, I'd give it to somebody. I don't care. It's profit. Take it. Ten bucks. Give me the, yeah, it's fine. But if a guy in Japan wants it for 70 or 75 or 80, take it. I bought a cooler and sold it for like 300 $400 because it was a very specific model that was in like a TV show that was real popular. I couldn't find it anywhere on eBay, like the one I had. And it was freaking me out because it's like you know, exactly what model, exactly all this stuff. Like it, it makes a big difference. So I couldn't really, I found one that sold for like 200 and somebody messaged me. He's like, dude, this is a very rare collector item. You need to raise that to like a thousand bucks or something. So we raised it way too high and then we dropped it. And we, I think we got three, 400, maybe 500 bucks for it or something. I think I bought it for maybe 15, $20. The value is whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. And I want the maximum value. If I bought that cooler for $15 or whatever it was, and found out it was worth 30 and somebody bought it for 30 I would be happy with that. I doubled my money. Try getting that in the stock market in a week. So what is it worth compared to what can I get for it are two different questions. Do I want a first round pick? Yes. Do I think we got fleeced if we get like a second? Of course not. I still think the Jets got screwed. So anyways, long story, a uh, little bit shorter. I'm, I'm on board with that deal. But if you can get more, get more. That's the answer. Hey, Ryan. Ah, this is Aaron. Hey. Um, I was just listening to your Packernet after dark, and you just mentioned high run. And I yeah. was, like, asleep and fully awake because of that. Anyways, um, yeah, Ren is so incredible. Yeah. Like, all of his music is just unreal. He's an amazing guitarist. Yes. Well, and it's funny, and I'm sure you're going to go into this, but my introduction to him was High Ren, and I think I watched a, a reaction video to it or something, and I was like, that's kind of crazy, right? And I watched High Ren like 50 different times. And then I found a different video of his, and it's a rap video. It's just rap. And I was like, well, High Ren has got like elements of rap, so he's kind of like a, a, a rapper um, who has, you know, he's like poetic, he's a rapper, he plays guitar, like really musically gifted and all that stuff. I was like, okay, that's what he is. And I, I really enjoyed his rap video too. Then I see he's a busker on the streets in, I forget the, the, where he lives in England, but, um, and he's doing Bob Marley and he sounds exactly like Bob Marley and he breaks into all different kinds of stuff, but he's playing guitar and he's doing reggae. Like what? And, and by the way, massive physical and mental issues. I mean, he, uh, mental stuff going on but also like he's a snippet of what he has to go through taking pills all day he goes to the hospital he's hooked up to ivs and all this kinds of stuff i mean it's it's crazy and yet through that that he's still able to be this shocking but me as like an actor as a writer who a poet
seeing his lyricism and like all like and how like he's a genuine lean, yes. especially in the song Higher End and like some of his other music like that's similar to it, especially the um stories of Jenny and Screech and um I'm forgetting the last one. Um it's just it's he paints such a beautiful picture of just everything he's trying. I mean, and some of the like you're right was you know, I mean I I, I still get chills thinking about so so in the song, I don't want to give it away if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it, but um, he has a, like, schizophrenia. And he's having a conversation with this kind of voice in his head or whatever. And and part of the thing is it's everybody can relate to it, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, that all of us can relate to schizophrenia in a very real way. It's almost as if we all have the voice, they can just audibly hear it. Anyways, there's a, a line in there where, you know, they're kind of bantering back and forth, and that's how the song goes. And he's basically, like, the voice is telling me, you think you can get rid of me? You're, 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 you sound crazier than me. But then the line is, you've got to kill you if you want to kill me. And it's just like, oh, oh my good. And there's like four or five or six different times in that song where there's a line that just like, holy cow. And it's so funny too, because these, these reaction videos, so many of them, they'll pause it constantly. They'll stop it and be like, oh yeah, they're doing this musically. There's, there's a bunch of different reactions where, where these guys, and some of them are like these guitarists with tattoos all up their neck and their face. They don't pause it once. Like, they forget that they're even doing a YouTube uh, thing, and they just watch it. And then occasionally, sometimes, you'll just see a couple tears stream down their face. I mean, it's 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 just different. And, and again, what a lot of people say, like, that you can't even classify this as, like, a, it's like art. I don't know what else to call it. It's the music, it's the, 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 music, the lyrics, the imagery. I mean, they've, they've had... Uh, that's the other thing. There's so many different people doing reactions. There's rappers... There's guitarists, and then there's, like, videographers, people that shoot movies who are looking at it and talking about the camera angles and the lighting and, you know, when the one voice is talking, there's flickering lights, and then the next time there's calm lights, and, you know, then they use the, the, the camera that, that's, you know, somebody's holding it and they're in his face, and then, you know what I mean? It's like, there's so much that goes into this. And again, this is just one facet of who he is. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm just saying, Hyren is just unreal. Yeah. It is absolutely incredible um so definitely listen to more of his music because he's a genuinely good rapper musician talent everything um and he's gonna blow up soon yeah but anyways if you want another really really good musician right now um there's a guy named nf mm-hmm. and that's funny because a lot of the some of the people uh, who responded, especially like some of the British guys, I'm guessing NF is British, I don't know, they mentioned him as being something kind of similar. Um, he really focuses on mental health, but yeah. if you're going to listen to him, I recommend starting at his first album and working all the way through up until his new album coming out that's called Hope. Um, he's also a rapper, and it's... It, uh, I can't. I can't describe it. I just get so excited um, about <laughs> NF music because it's changed so many people's lives in a way. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend doing that because not only is it great music, it has such a good message, such a good meaning, and it's so relatable yeah. to so many people. Um, so thanks for bringing up Hyren. Great choice, great way to bring it up, and 
go listen to more and listen to NF. Just NF is the words. Um, he's going on tour soon. He's coming out with a new album uh, this week, actually. Um, so go listen to it. His, all his mu- music videos are like movies, by the way, which is they're absolutely incredible. Anyways, bye. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I I had a feeling that some of my listeners had listened to it because that that high rent is blown up in astronomical proportions. And um, apparently, he actually had a uh, a record deal. I think at one point by I forget if it was like it was some big thing like Sony or something. Um, had discovered him while he was a a busker. I think it's called on on the streets. And um, I think because of his health issues, um, whether it was mental health or physical health or whatever, they ended up. Um, taking that away from him and um so he he kind of like semi blew up and then it all kind of fell apart and then now because of this high ren thing i i think he's he probably is already on the path to becoming a mega superstar if he isn't already but yeah i mean and that it, it's it doesn't there's no way i can describe it to you to make it sound interesting and there's no way i can even describe it to you to begin with but again it, it really is amazing how he's telling us about a struggle that almost none of us go through but yet every single one of us goes through and it's just sort of this constant struggle with whatever you want to call it being this thing that you don't want to be battling with you know the quote-unquote voices or whatever that um you know again it's it's different for everybody but that are um tempting you to be the person you shouldn't be and believe the things you shouldn't believe and think the things you shouldn't think and so I think it's just the relatability, which again blows my mind. And it, 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 as I was pondering that, how crazy it is that we all have a voice, and it's it's clearly the same voice because he's depicting the voice that he's hearing, and all of us are going, "Dude, I freaking know that guy." Think about that. How crazy that is. We all have the same person who's pushing the exact right buttons. Right? It's different for all of us. We all have different temptations and everything else. But whatever that voice is, whatever you want to call it, it knows exactly what buttons to push. Your insecurities. And again, the only difference between that and schizophrenia is they have an audible voice. <laughs> and we, we, we can't hear it. But we sure as heck can... We can kind of hear it. But anyways, yes, I do need to discover more of his music, and I do need to listen to NF, because a lot of people brought that up. They brought up somebody else, too, but I can't remember exactly who it was. Also, um, apparently there's kind of a story also that goes along with um, Hiren. Somebody I saw in the comments had mentioned something like that. There's like four or five that kind of lay out. I don't know if it's his life or whatever, but... Yeah, appreciate the call, Aaron, and I'm glad that I wasn't the only one. I just pictured like ten people going and listening and being like, this song sucks, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. A quick point, Ryan, from your friend, Ryan. Hey. There's got to be an alternate universe. Um, You know how everybody always says you've had two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back, yet you only have two Super Bowls to show for it. And people always throw that out, mostly Bears fans, Vikings fans, I'm sure, too. And the thing is, it's like, well, Favre really should have won two, obviously. That was like an all-time great Super Bowl against the Broncos. The Packers were big favorites going into it. They could have easily won that game. So then Favre has two. Yep. And then you have Aaron Rodgers, the whole debacle in uh, Seattle that was insane. 
They should have went to the Super Bowl that year. I think everybody agrees they could have easily won it because I believe the Seahawks won it that year. So if the Packers beat them, you could argue that they would have won the Super Bowl. So then Rodgers has two. You could be talking about four Super Bowls with these two great quarterbacks and everybody's saying, oh, it's amazing and what a great accomplishment. It could be that quick and simple. And I think a lot of people forget that. And even... The uh, Brett Favre team where they went into San Francisco and were robbed when Jerry Rice fumbled and then Terrell Owens caught that touchdown, that team, I believe, would have won the Super Bowl that year if not for absolutely being robbed. And that was, uh, you know, the precipice of replay coming back because it was such a bad decision not saying that Jerry Rice fumbled when it was so clear they brought replay back. So Favre really could have had three easily. Yeah. Rodgers at least two. Could have been way different in an alternate reality. Thanks, Ryan. No, I really think that's a great point, and it marries with what I was talking about, um, I guess, today, earlier today, on the podcast, and that is just a different perspective on things. The, the idea is we had these quarterbacks – but it was squandered because, you know, we, we didn't capitalize on the opportunity. And, and the, the evidence of that is the fact that we didn't win Super Bowls. But I, th- I think that that's flawed. It's true we didn't win the Super Bowls. It's not true that we weren't good enough. We were good enough. Many, 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 many different times. And yes, if we had three, four, five, six, seven more elite players, of course you win Super Bowls. But that's not the question. The opponents that ended up beating us sometimes weren't even better than us. It's just, you know, there were these collapses. And you know what? Stuff like that happens. Sometimes we beat teams because they freaking collapsed, you know? That's football, but that's the point. We had 30 years, and in those 30 years, we probably had, what, 20 teams that were fully capable, fully able and, and, and um, more than capable of winning that Super Bowl. They just didn't do it. And, I mean, again, the, the, the notion generally by a lot of fans, and I, I really think there's just kind of a, a two ways to look at it. One is we had a good enough team. Good enough meaning, no, it's not perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. But do you have all the right pieces that are necessary? Yes. The question, though, is did, did you execute? And, the, you know, the other side is if you didn't win, you didn't have enough talent. Um. And listen, I think the teams that don't have enough talent are the ones that didn't get into the playoffs. I think the teams that don't have enough talent are the ones that don't have Brett Favre and Sterling Sharp and Robert Brooks and, you know, Amon Green. And, I mean, good Lord, we've had some teams, man. And, yeah, you know, the, it's the way the ball bounced, like that Seattle freaking debacle that none of us even want to think about or talk about. It was, it was a collapse. It was just a team-wide collapse. Yeah, it was the defense. You're right, in 2009. 2009 was was a really, really, really good freaking football team. Really good. But that defense just completely laid an egg. And, you, well, that's on the GM. Not necessarily. They were good enough. They were good. Listen, that team was not that bad all year. If that team was that bad all year, they would have never gotten to the playoffs. It's just these constant collapses in the playoffs. And listen, that happens to almost every that happens to every team in the playoffs, some kind of a collapse except for one team. 
And, you know, the ball didn't bounce in our favor. And you're right. If the ball bounced a, a different way a couple different times, we have could have had three Super Bowls, four Super Bowls, five Super Bowls. The point is we were in position to win Super Bowls. I'll just call it 20 out of 30 years, and I'm, I'm, I'm being generous. Um, and, I, you know, at that point, it's up to the players. And, you know, of course you can go back. Well, if, if you would have drafted this guy, we would have been our team. Well, no kidding. That's true of every single team, including the teams that won the Super Bowl. Nobody gets it perfect. Nobody. But you do your best. You put together a really freaking good team, and especially if you have a really good quarterback. Hence the reason everybody says two Super Bowl or two MVP Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you should have more, because that's the most important piece, and we had the most important piece. But it wasn't just that, and that's a freaking lie. If people are going to say that these GMs and everything else completely failed these Hall of Fame quarterbacks by not putting talent around them, are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Reggie White? (laughs) <laughs> for crying out loud, I mean, that defense back in the 90s and the offense, that was such a good team. Unbelievable good team. But you know what? We didn't win. You're right. We should have beat the Broncos. We were clearly the better team. Clearly. Broncos were fine, but the Packers were just this unstoppable force. But to look back at that and say, we just didn't have the talent, or, you know, what, what if we had just drafted a this or that? Come on. Come on. The drafting isn't the problem. The drafting is how we have so much sustained success. Because we continually build for the future. And we have good players. Not because the rookie class is just tearing it up. But but because the class from two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. It's all culminating into what we have today. You draft and develop for the future. And then today when you're a good team, it's because of what you did in the past. We didn't lose the Super Bowl because we didn't draft somebody this year. We had many, 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 many opportunities. And and I don't just mean opportunities like all 32 teams have. I mean opportunities like we have the weapons, we have the pieces to win this year. 2020 was one of those years. No excuse. Nobody, nobody, nobody looked at that 2020 team when we got into the playoffs and said, I just don't think we're good enough. Okay, there were probably some very negative fans, but, you know, those are the fans that'll say that no matter what. Well, special teams isn't good enough. Well, uh, linebackers, they struggle against a run. There's always something. That's the point of sports, man. You got to freaking overcome stuff. And we just didn't do it, probably at the rate that we could have. Again, I, I think we should have won, just looking at quarterbacks, not everything else, roughly three Super Bowls. Nobody likes to hear that. No, that's ridiculous. We should have had five or six. No, do the math yourself. Go look at it. Hall of Fame quarterbacks, how many Super Bowls did they win per year? If it was one in ten, then we should have had three. And I think it was not even that. So, yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic point. And I guess it's just a split on how fans think. If, if the team's not good enough, some people look at the players, the guys that are on the field. Some people look at the GM and say, hey, if they didn't win, it's because there wasn't enough talent. And part of the reason I think that that's ridiculous is because you don't know that until we either win or lose. And had those teams actually won, then suddenly the GM would have been great. Had they performed at a higher level, had the teams not collapsed in those moments, then suddenly the GM did all the right things. Well, if you can't tell until the final result, then you're wrong. Because you should be able to stand here and look at it and say right now whether the GM did a good job or not. Look at the roster. Look at the players. Look at the talent. Is it a good football team or not? Is this a Super Bowl caliber football team or not? If it is, then it's up to the players and coaches to go get the freaking Super Bowl trophy. Go get it. 
If you don't have the talent, then it's on the GM. But to say that the Packers haven't been talented for 30 years flies in the face of everybody saying that we should have won all these Super Bowls. And again, to pretend that it's just quarterbacks that did all this is insane and psychotically insulting to some of the best wide receiver. What other team has had the wide receivers we've had over 30 years? That's the crazy thing. The crying and moaning about the Packers as though they've been this joke of an organization. And, and specifically about wide receivers. I, 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 again, there has not been a moment on this team's history. Maybe 2022 is like the, the, the first time since prior to Shannon Sharp that this team hasn't had elite receivers on it. At least one. We've had dominant running backs. Some of the best offensive lines. My goodness, Brett Favre played behind some lines. And Rodgers did too. Just freaking dominant. Some of the pass rushers we've had from Clay Matthews to... Um, Julius Peppers, Reggie White, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, the corners we've had, the safeties. My goodness, we've had some players on this team, man, supporting these quarterbacks. And the coaches, Holmgren, McCarthy, just for, you know, and then, then, you know, you got Ron Wolf. And I mean, it's just, it's just been an incredible, incredible group of individuals. Everything has been in place. It just didn't get over the final hump. And a lot of that just comes down to, it's the way the cookie crumbles. It's a flip of a freaking coin. And it came up tails for us a little bit more than you would expect, right? We flipped the coin six times and four times it came up tails. Well, it should have been, it should have only been three. No, you're right, but that's (laughs) the way it goes, I guess. It's the way the ball bounces, man. Aaron Jones is an elite running back. We didn't fail at finding a good running back, but the guy had two fumbles in 2020. What do you do about that? Should the GM have found a better running back? Should we have drafted a running back and just cut him? Or what, 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 what should we have done in that moment? Nothing, dude. It's football. It's the way it goes. It's the way she goes, Rick. Anyways, it's a late break, but let's take a break right here. We'll come right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey Ryan, it's Nate. Um, hey. It's been a couple of days. I was at a wedding out of town, so I'm catching up on some podcasts and uh, heard people talking horror again. 
um, I think it was twelve sixty five fan was talking about horror and brought up Scream. Yeah, and uh, and I know that is kind of a hard one to define, but it's definitely slasher. And I right. think I think the problem with horror and and why like it's so hard to define it is it, it's almost it's almost its own its own category entirely where inside of horror there's so many subgenres of horror right like you've got monster movies you've got paranormal like ghost type movies you've got the slashers um you, you know there's even like saw i mean saw is definitely horror um but that that goes down the road there's literally a whole category for that called torture porn that's right. literally what it's referred to as in the horror community so like it's it's hard to put it into a box you know but uh but yeah scream scream is fantastic movie that's a horror comedy um which i think is a genre of movie i love horror and comedy i think that when you when you put like fear and comedy together uh, it they just go hand in hand if they shouldn't it makes no sense at all but they do um because the cabin in the woods another movie that i would recommend to anybody who loves horror um the director literally described it as a love letter to horror uh to horror fans so that's, that's another good one but well, yeah, it's hard to uh, hard to put horror in a box. Um, you know, you 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 say it along with comedy, action, horror, like it's in there, but it's it's almost its own thing. You can it you can do anything with horror. Like, like look up horror any horror movie. Um, you know, there's no two that are that are anything alike. Um, like you you you, I know you like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. That's kind of blending the torture porn with the slasher because you've got Leatherface, he's right. the slasher and then some of the later ones he becomes sort of superhuman in the early ones he's just a guy right um you know everything is just in that genre is so hard to just nail down so i think that's the ultimate problem but uh but yeah always love hearing about movies because it's that time of the year when there's just not a whole lot going on <laughs> in the true. uh in the packers world so go back up Movies and pizza time. That's what it is. No, you're right. I think that's a good point. Um, it kind of makes me want to go in and really narrow down what my genre is. Because it, it really, like, everybody has their own kind of taste. I remember um, half Mexican lawyer Blaine, he's not a big horror guy, but um, he really doesn't like, like, the super scary stuff. He kind of, like, dips his toe in the water. But for him, like, the as far as he wants to go and the stuff that he really enjoys was, um, what the heck is that called? A Silent Place or something? With uh, John Krasinski where you have to be quiet. And I watched that, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was like, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> like, it's, it's not really that scary to me. I don't, I'm not a big fan of like the monsters. I don't think monsters are massively scary. Like he, I think he loves that kind of stuff. Like, what was the one with the smoke? Like, I'm sure he would love Bird Box. Like, that's 100% up his alley, which I just watched, actually. It's a pretty good movie. It's, it was fine. But that's not my my thing. Like, this big, giant creature out there somewhere or something. I don't know. I'm more of a, again, like, Amityville horror. Like, kind of old school, demonic possession. Just, like, really scares you to your core kind of thing. Again, like, as far as recent... Like, The Ring scared the crap out of me. That, that was, like, the first one where it was, like, there was this big gap where, like, horror movies just aren't scary anymore and then ring happened and that was like this weird different thing like when she came out of there and like her body got distorted that then that became like its own thing like that's big in horror movies now everybody's doing that like you bend over backwards and like all that the weird like uh quick sudden movements and then every horror movie started doing that but that was like creepy like oh dang and then it kind of became boring or whatever but 
Then there was the paranormal activity. Like I saw, again, big gap. None of these movies are scary. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, okay, you're following the ring. You're trying to copy that, whatever. And then that thing, like that's that's my thing. Like it's it's so dark that you got to like turn up your monitor and turn off all your lights because like I can't freaking see anything. What is going on? It's kind of annoying almost. Somebody's always creeping around the house. You're constantly thinking like, don't open the freaking door. Just run out of the house. What are you doing? I don't know. That's that's kind of my thing. And and strangely, if it's not that, I as far as like the slasher stuff you mentioned, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or whatever, I much rather have it when they're just people. I don't like it when they become superhuman. It's it's much more dark and devious to me when it's just like a an actual serial killer. But when you're like a monster, that's where like Jeepers Creepers. I thought that was a cool movie. And then when the dude started flying, I'm like, ah, I'm done. This is stupid. Like, come on, man. He's got wings and stuff. And then I saw like the newest Jeepers Creepers. That was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. That was that was like high school drama kids who can't get jobs anywhere because they really suck at writing and acting and everything put together the newest Jeepers Creepers and that's what you get. It's the worst garbage ever. But it was cool when I thought it was like just this actual serial killer guy out there. I don't know. So it's weird. I, I It's either all the way paranormal, demon possession, or we go to the other end and it's like a dude that's a psychopath. Don't don't blend it. Like I guess Jason's kind of cool, but I don't know. I don't know. That's why I said I gotta I gotta dig in there and be like, what what is my what is my thing? It's like we should have we should say you know what we gotta do? Oh, I gotta see if the robot can help me. See if there's like a personality test you can set up where you find out like what genre you like. You probably could just input like here's the movies I like and stuff, and they could probably tell you. But be interesting. Well, I'm finally. I'm so glad someone finally like said something. Somebody oh. other than a sports writer because. And it had to be someone like Leroy because he is—he is like the number one Green Bay, you know, yeah. a guy, you know, alumni. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong—I I was the the Aaron Rodgers drum banging fool. Oh, I mean, I love that fool. Me too, man. But it's like enough is enough. You're you're not out there, you know. You're you're just good at throwing a football. Yeah. You're not out there, you know. Uh, curing cancer from children or inventing things to clean the planet. You're just good at a sport. You're just fortunate enough to have God-given abilities that all of us wish we had. You just, you know, now you, oh my, it's just, I'm so tired of sports elitist people. You know what? You're just a good, you're good at playing a kid's game. You know, you're never taking a pay cut to help out the team, but you're expecting other people to. That's the one knock that I could never really defend about Rodgers was, yeah, Tom Brady would never got those big contracts, and uh, that's probably what helped him. And, yeah, you know, he'll still go down as one of the greatest. And it's not just him. Even, like, remember when they gave Rashawn Gary 52? What did Clay Matthews? Oh, man, the body's not even cold. Clay Matthews says, dude, <laughs> you don't own that number. That's a Green Bay number. And you know what? Why didn't you just act like... Uh, you know, a, a, a real man and say, hey, use that number with pride. I did it. served me well. I hope it serves you well. No, they get, everything's all personal and, oh, you don't like me. You know, you know it's funny because they're always like, oh, it's a business. It's a business. This is what happens where they get cut. It's like, oh, you didn't treat me well. And, yeah, I can't think of one player the Packers let go that went off and had a great career. Other than uh, there's a couple. Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde is one yeah. of them. But I think they were misusing them anyways. Right. But still – I mean, you you throw up 20 other people, they kind of let go one year early, and that's the exact plan of perfectness. So screw Aaron Rodgers. 
I can't wait till he's gone. I don't care if he plays for the Tecumseh douchebags. I just want him to not be in around anymore. I'm tired of watching him talk. Tired of hearing him talk about doing drugs and crap like that and fashion as the people that got him where he's at. Just so tired of it. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I hope, hopefully, you know, I made a comment. I hope we have this problem in 15 years. I really don't. Hopefully, love, let's say he is that good and he's around for a long time. But hopefully, he can bow out with grace. Yeah. And uh, be a team player, not a me player, which Rodgers is a me player. So, uh, go Pack Go, you know. I'm a football fan. I'm not a Rodgers fan. I'm a football fan. Right. So, Rodgers can pound sand. Yeah, I mean, that's... You're not going to get a lot of sympathy for those types of things. I mean, you got to understand your fan base. We are not most of us. Uh, and if anybody listening is a multi-bajillionaire, shame on you. For not supporting the podcast. Maybe some of you do, but you know, you can bump it up a little bit. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, you're, you're not going to get a lot of sympathy from us. We're most of us working class people who are pretty much paycheck to paycheck, right? I mean, that's the majority of this country. We're drowning in debt. We can barely make enough to pay our freaking bills to keep the lights on. So you got to understand that's your fan base, dude. Um, you know, the, this, this whole poor me thing and, you know, the, these evil rich billionaires are suppressing us multi-millionaires. Like, well, do you know the difference between a billion and a hundred million? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do know. It, I mean, it, it's, it doesn't matter, dude. I, I, I don't feel sorry for you. And look, I mean, there there are certain things where, again, it's like you know, make as much money as you can. Uh, absolutely, I'm 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 all for that. I'm not asking you to take a pay cut. Um, I mean, it would be a great thing, but I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say you should be required to. But at the same time, I mean, there are things that come with that. There are players, especially guys who are, you know, I mean, if if you're the one getting the biggest paycheck, if you take a pay cut, you know, ten percent of your check is massive. And we always talk about Tom Brady and these great defenses. Well, how do you fund that? With cap space. So, again, I, I don't have any issue with you getting as much money as you can. I think that's, you know, good for you. But then you, you can't suck up all the resources and then complain about how you didn't get what you wanted. Well, that's, we're out of money, bro. <laughs> it's the best we can do. So... You know, and then, yeah, again, with the people of our stature are not treated. I mean, that, that comment really bugged me. You know, if you want to say, generally speaking, they don't treat people just in general. You know, the way you treat people is not okay. But for Rogers to come out and say, I don't really care about the people in general. I don't give a crap how you treat these low-level garbage human beings. But people like me, people like Jordy Nelson... People like A.J. Hawk, you know, we deserve a special sort of treatment. And again, no clarification on what that means. The only thing I can assume is how dare you cut this person. Because again, if you cut them, how dare you not at least offer something? And then if you offer what they're actually worth, how dare you lowball them? Well, the only option then is to just give them the contract they want. Look, man, I mean, I, I think the unfortunate thing for Rodgers, too, is that Packer fans in particular have had some unbelievable role models. People like Leroy Butler. People like Bart Starr. People like 
Aaron Jones. I mean, just genuinely amazing people that put others first. I mean, they, listen, they're, they're going to make money. I mean, you got to understand the time period or whatever, but I mean, Aaron Jones got paid and good for him. He, he deserved every freaking dollar and he is not required to take a pay cut. He has now, I think twice, essentially. I mean, the last time he could have got more money, he took less to stay here. I know what a good person looks like. I understand what it sounds like. I've had role models in my life. My grandparents and a bunch of other people, like, I've seen it. We've all seen it. We know what it looks like. And, I mean, bottom line is you're not exhibiting it. And you're not required to, but again, you're, you're just not going to get a lot of sympathy, especially when you get angry about, like, not even, like, first world problems, like, top 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of the freaking world population problems. Cry me an effing river, dude. If you don't want to play, that's fine. Retire. And then what happens? Well, I'm so mad at how they treated me. I'm going to play just for the sake of anger toward the organization. And then I'm going to talk about how terrible the organization... Like, I, you know, again, I I guess all I'm saying is I'm, I'm with you, Nico. I just... I, you're not going to appeal to Packer fans. And obviously you don't care. And I know you say the things like, I love the fans and all that. And I'm sure it's true. But, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, your dad coming home and saying, kids, I love you. But I'm leaving your mom because she's garbage. But you guys are great. I love you guys. I love this house. I love the pets. But this lady, she doesn't know how to treat me. She doesn't take care of me the right way. So I was thinking about just divorcing her. But in fact, I think what I'll do is I'll stay here until I find another wife. And I found another lady who seems like she knows how to treat a man. I'm going to go be with her. You guys have been great. Like, just go, man. You don't have to be a, a freaking jerk about this. I don't need the play-by-play. And by the way, that's my mom you're talking about. It's, a, it's the same thing with like Pat McAfee. He had no idea that we actually supported our team. He thought he was just going to pull his pants down and drop a big steamer on the face of our organization. And Packer fans are going to be like, yay, that was great, Pat. And when he started getting bludgeoned over the head, he's like, whoa, 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 what? I didn't realize you guys loved the team. And I think Rodgers is the same. Like these guys live in their bubbles. And don't realize, like, dude, I love this team. And by the way, I watched you play like crap, so don't even start about how, like, you're the hero that's been deprived. You're part of the problem, Chief. But you know what? We're moving on. I'm not mad about it. It is what it is. I'm, I'm ready to go, but you can't let it go. You got to keep with the freaking comments. You got to come out and trash the team. You got to talk about Goot. You got to talk about Murphy. You're, you're, you're trashing the receivers and the offensive line and everybody else and nothing's up to your standard. And I get it. You're the greatest thing that's ever happened. And everybody else is garbage and can't rise up to your level. Like, I get it, dude. That's so wonderful. Congratulations. Just, but you got to go because it's just, it's too much. I think fans in general can maybe tolerate that a little bit if you're playing like the best quarterback in football. But when you're not even like a top 10 dude, you kind of just need to shut your mouth. And he refuses. And he's still Mr. Hollywood. And then you watch the team bend over backwards and they won't say, I'm, I'm done with the charade. It's shameful watching what Matt LaFleur did. It's shameful listening to Aaron Rodgers. All this stuff is shameful. To throw guys under the bus like they did is just, it's sick. So, you know what? I Fine, you don't like it here. These guys are garbage. Great. Go over there. Have a great time. Go be angry and hate people while you go on this path of learning about love yeah, whatever kind of hypocrisy that is, but just do it over there, okay? Because again, we all, the, here. Here's the other thing that I think 
a lot of people don't understand about these sort of quote-unquote anti-Rodgers people. We want to love that guy so much. And I, 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 I really do. But it's like, we've got to stop this. This kind of stuff has got to go. The, the, I, listen, I'm not going to drop to my knees and worship you. And I'm not going to pretend when you play bad, you played great. You had some great years. You had some great games. You had some great plays. But not everything was perfect. You got us to where we were, but you also ended up being part of the problem. You are a part of a team. And that's the thing that seems to get lost in the shuffle. It's not Aaron Rodgers and then his help. You're a freaking part of a team. And it just, it doesn't feel like that anymore. It's the Green Bay Aaron Rodgerses. And I mean, 25% of this fan base actually goes along with that. Like this, this team is Aaron Rodgers and there is nothing else. And I'm just done with it. I don't want to do it. I don't think that's healthy for our team. It's entertaining. It's fun to talk about having a podcast and all that. But as far as what is best for this team, there is nothing about what I just described that's healthy. Not for the locker room, not for anything. The management, the coaches. Bob McGinn made a comment that um, the person that's going to sleep the best at night when this trade is done is Matt LaFleur. And I think he's right. I mean, Gutekunst could be up there too, and I'm sure a lot of other people, Jordan Love or whatever, but... There is, there does have to be a sense of relief. Like, oh, freaking, finally, good lord. Do you know how much, like, extra management and everything goes into, like, trying to cater to him and making sure all the all of his wants and needs and everything are... Like, you don't have to do that anymore. Matt LaFleur can finally take the mantle as the actual full-on head coach of this team. If he's not good at it, fine, but for freaking crying out loud, man. I want there to be this sort of Brett Favre moment... And I, I don't know what happened with Bart Starr. I doubt there was any issues with him whatsoever. Um, I mean, there's just there's just a way to go out with actual grace and class. And for a guy that's dedicated his life to kind of doing these things, I'm not seeing it. And I understand he's on a path of self-love, which, I mean, for a guy that seems to be all about self and that's always been his own thing, I understand that, you know, self-love is, is great and figure that all out, but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of, like, learning to love other people. And if you are working on that, it's just, it's failing miserably because, again, you are starting another year of your career based on anger. So that's kind of weird. You said on a television program, on a YouTube show, that you won back-to-back MVPs out of freaking spite. Anyways, I should stop, but I don't feel like it. Nico, what else you got, man? Hey, Ryan, it's Nico. So all that pizza talk this morning really got me thinking. Let's do this. Because pizza is amazing. Yeah. I love pizza. Um, I used to work at Pizza Hut, actually, a long time ago when I was going to school. Worked at the one in Conemaugh, Watertown. Okay. A couple other states. It was always a good job to get while you're younger and you're uh, wanting to make a little money. Right. But uh, <clears throat> and I'm spread around here. I hope I can loose this all in. You know, pizza is just life. No, and people should treat life more like pizza. Dude, that's... So, by the way, I actually made a t-shirt. I haven't done, like, t-shirts in a while. I, I, I made a new one, and I forgot to tell everybody. So it's in the new... It's in the Teespring store, if anybody has that link. I don't know. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. I threw it on a t-shirt. But pizza is life. Dude, that's a t-shirt. That's it. I'm, 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 I'm going to do that. It's just... I don't know what kind of font. I'll have to talk to JJ. He's, like, a font master. But, like, I just want... Pizza is life on a t-shirt, and that's it. In my Packers store. I'm sure that's already a thing. I don't care. That's going to be a thing for sure. Maybe I'll put a slice of pizza on it. I don't freaking know. But pizza is life. That's that's the thing. Because obviously pizza is amazing. I remember uh, I used to not like certain kinds of pizza. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, you know, I was young, and I was thinking, oh, I don't like this. Imagine this old, these two old couples. I worked at a pizza in Flomaton, Alabama. These two old couples would come in every Sunday around three o'clock, and they would get one small thin pepperoni pizza and all get a salad bar and have one small little salad. Man, the pizza salads. Who I miss them. <laughs> I don't know if in Wisconsin any pizzas are still like you come in and sit down and eat and you can get salad bar. But everywhere I've been, mm-hmm. California, Idaho, everywhere, they're all turned into just deliveries and pickups. Right. And my wife and I have talked about that. Like about, I think her, maybe my wife actually worked at one for a little while, but I know her aunt did for like forever. But yeah, I, I, I definitely miss that. You'd go in and like sit down at a pizza hut and they would deliver you a pizza and you can go get like, go up to the bar and everything. That was a, that was a heck of an experience. That was fun. You get the red cups of Coca-Cola and stuff. Good, good times, man. I miss that old pizza. Somewhere. I but know. Anyway, so I used to, hey, why are you guys saying pizza? Well, we just really like the thin dough. So I, I tried, even though I worked at a pizza and I was, I was trying to make something extravagant, you know? Yeah. And, uh. You know what? There is some beauty in just a thin pepperoni pizza. Yep. And it may, may not be for everyone, you know? And I had to try it really that way. I was young, you know? Like I was young. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. I could, and that kind of opened, broadened my horizon, you know? Hey, don't be so, don't be so stuck on just one thing. I only like pando. And then you could kind of apply that to life. Like we do that in everything. Yeah. Politically, sports. Can you believe there's actually, people that are at both Packer fans and that hate each other because one of them likes Rodgers and one of them likes love. It's like, it's so stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, can we just all just, you can like more, you, I mean, I don't like anchovies and black olives, That's but gross. Lord, if someone would order one when I worked at a pizza, I'd make it, I would make it the best looking, disgusting pizza <laughs> I could, but hey, that's great that you like that. Um, you know, we we need to, we need to treat life more like pizza where, hey, you know what? We don't hate you. I don't hate you because you don't like thin pepperoni. I don't hate you because you like love and you don't like Rogers and you vote this way and you vote that way. Man, the world is far bigger than that. And uh, we should all just get along. And we should treat life like we do the love of pizza. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. But it got me thinking. So uh, go Paco and uh, I hate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Oh, that was beautifully said. And I remember somebody was talking about, um, it just kind of opened my eyes to something. Obviously things are, I'm not going to say worse than they've ever been because things have been horrible all throughout human history and we start slaughtering each other and whatnot, which probably will happen soon anyways. But anyway, it doesn't matter. No big deal. Um, we're We're so angry about every single thing and it kind of flares up easily but you know obviously the left right thing is is the biggest political thing or whatever um which those things are moving so fast i couldn't even tell you what what those things mean anymore but anyways um i remember somebody had made some kind of a comment like we need people on the right or no we we need people on the left to start companies we need people on the right to run them and and essentially it's just kind of talking about the utility of like you know people on the left and people on the right essentially just have differently wired brains the way we think, you know, and, and the way we're wired. Like, people on the left are geared toward compassion. And people on the right are more geared toward, like, rules and structure and, like, I don't know. Like, this is just how things work. And it's just, it's less about emotion and more about, like, I don't care if that you think that sucks. Who gives a crap? Like, this is the way it goes. Like, get out of the way, stupid. 
And people on the left are like, just go around it because, I mean, it, she doesn't want to move, so just go around her. Like, you know, what are make accommodations for people. But the point is, like, there's utility in the way people are. Like, we need people that are like this, and we need people like that. And we're all wired to be like, well, no, let's just eradicate all those people, which is never going to happen. I mean, you can stoke up some gas chambers and try to eliminate, but it doesn't matter because you guys are going to have kids, and some of them are going to be wired a certain way, and some, you can't eradicate it. It's how we're wired. It's in our DNA. And also, mass murder is a bad thing. It's You shouldn't do it. Um, I thought I think that's kind of a... A given but you can't eradicate it it's never going to go away you can vote and, and win and feel all good about it but it, it's that's the funny thing about elections like every single time it's close to 50 50 and even if you win you look at it and like i can't believe there's that many people that actually think that what a bunch of freaks that's never going to change and these people are never going away but there is utility in it we're useful for different things and it's not just left right i mean there, there's the point is i don't want to get all you know, lame about it, but, you know, with diversity and whatnot, not just skin color, but in terms of, like, different way people are wired and the way that they think and the way that they... We can all contribute in different ways, and it's a good thing if we could just get past that part where we hate each other for thinking differently. Maybe if we just stop talking to each other and just do our jobs or whatever, then we'll flourish. But, yeah, that that kind of kind of got me thinking, you know, because, you know, generally speaking, the left people are more curious and open-minded and so they they build and they create and you know it's not just art but like amazing companies and stuff but then people on the right are you know they're, they're going to do the books and it's like I'll, I'll take it from here and that's where you get guys like elon and stuff who build these companies and then there's a board and then the board's like yeah you're gone and then they kick him off his own freaking company and then a bunch of uh bunch of you know business people take it over and start running it and just kind of turn it into this machine that just runs anyways point is you're right let people eat anchovies let people put pineapple on pizza. I'm going to tell you it's disgusting and stupid, but who cares? We're just talking here. We're just having a conversation. I don't hate you. I'm just disgusted by what you're going to eat. That's all. I mean, I might hate you a little bit, but it's, it, you know, I'll get over it. That's, you know. And you're right about the pepperoni. Dude, see, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm a simple, very simple person. Like, you're never going to see me, you know, when I get a burrito and everybody loads those things up, I'm like, rice, meat, cheese. Beans, no. Guacamole, no. Sour cream, no. Taco, meat, cheese. That's it. Pizza, pepperoni. Maybe get crazy like pepperoni sausage, whatever, and just like a loaded up with meat, I guess. But I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll just, I'll just eat a cheese pizza. I'm so down on a cheese pizza all day. Simple is good sometimes. By the way, I did make the, um, the white pie. I don't mean to be insulting. I'll just say I probably messed it up, but I don't really get it. It was good insofar as it's basically a cheese pizza with no sauce. And I didn't put sausage on it, and I didn't put, um, spinach on it or anything i know there's different kinds of things but i just did like a normal regular white pie and so yeah it was just like a cheese pizza with no sauce and then like these blotches of uh ricotta cheese which is kind of flavorless and mushy so i didn't really that didn't really add anything but i think i'm going to kind of redo it and again i probably just did it completely wrong but i want to like mix the ricotta with some actual flavor so it actually tastes like something and then maybe actually put like a white sauce down or something you know like a little garlic butter kind of thing i'll just stop talking I, I i'm excited about it i'm sure people in new york are just screaming into their cell phones at me right now but i don't care i want to try it it sounds good anyways i probably should get out of here uh you guys have yourselves a fantastic rest of your night i will talk to you tomorrow have a good one Bye bye